Good morning. A central Buddhist principle is all things are mind's creation. I've returned to this sentence over and over, each time more deeply, seeking first to understand and more lately to allow it to shape my practice. Like most truths, its simplicity of words belies its depth of meaning. Writing this Dharma talk has allowed me to step further into it, and this has been a wonderful exercise. I hope the sharing of my thoughts, note the word, also will be helpful. I'm blessed with a lot of interests, but my passion is photography. Here's an image I took a few years ago. As you look at it, what story is it telling you? A father bent gently over his son, fishing poles in hand. A giant moon shining across the ocean. Tenderness. Perhaps wonder. Perhaps peace. Or something entirely different. That image inspired me to create a photographic series of full moons and especially supermoons. These are full moons whose orbits are closer to the Earth. They are huge. Here's a supermoon taken from my backyard. What story is this one telling you? And a third. What's your story about this one? Now, travel back to each of your stories. Where did they come from? Yes, the three photographic images stimulated your retinas and were sent to your brain. But everything from there on was encapsulated by your mind. All things are mind's creation. In his wonderful discourse about the Heart Sutra, Thunderous Silence, Do Sung Yu wrote, Because of our thoughts, which our own minds create, we live in a world of our own making. In Buddhism, we focus a lot of our energy on the negative and harmful aspects of our thought creations. Do Sung Yu wrote, All kinds of emotions, depression, jealousy, anger, envy, frustration, despair, and hopelessness originate in a thought. We are deluded by that thought, which is not reality. This harkens back to the first noble truth of Buddhism. Life is suffering. I discovered that accepting that I create all of my negative emotions is enormously liberating. I'm making me feel depressed. I'm making me angry. Last Sunday, I felt frustrated that I had to sit inside and write this Dharma talk instead of taking a walk on a beautiful day. I, I, I. And if I accept that this is from my I, from my ego, and if I'm willing to dig into the discomfort of facing that, 
I'm often able to emerge out from under those negative emotions. I can make mindful choices and take mindful actions to reference the threefold study. As Master Sotesan said, we keep our minds free from disturbances, delusions, or wrongdoings when we face sensory conditions. Hopefully, my photographs of full moons don't plague you with depression or despair. So, why are they relevant to the topic? Let's start with the belief that all sensory conditions start out neutral. They just are, neither good nor bad. It's only when our mind becomes involved that we attach a notion of good or bad, pleasant or unpleasant, safe or dangerous. Just to make a point, let's assume that you feel happy when you look at my photographs. This emotion is as much your mind's creation as looking at something you think is awful. What has made a difference for me is realizing that everything is of my mind's creation, not just what I define as the bad stuff. When I enjoy looking at a piece of art, mine or someone else's, and I'm at least somewhat conscious that I, my mind, created that feeling of enjoyment, the world softens. I am in the moment. I am not clinging to the past or hoping for a particular future. And remarkably, when I practice this over time, I'm also better able to sort through the negative attachments and cravings that I let unfold from other sensory conditions that otherwise lead to suffering. I'm going to show you some more of my moon photographs. There's a trick question behind this. When I first look at them, the moon is different in each image, time of day, location, what's around it. But then I realize that the moon is always the same across all of its phases and with every possible viewing. Matsuo Basho, a famous 17th century Japanese poet, wrote this haiku. The moon glows the same. It is the drifting cloud forms make it seem to change. The moon glows the same. It is my mind that makes it seem to change. And beyond that, these pictures are not even the moon. They are an array of electronic pixels scattered across a screen. My mind cleverly arranges them into the moon. Here's my final point, which I hope makes this talk more than an interesting exercise. When I'm in deep meditation, the phenomenal world floats away. No time, no place. But otherwise, I'm continuously aware of what's going on around me. My senses are taking in stimulation constantly. The founding master said, if one claims that the mind's form cannot be seen because it has no shape or substance, 
and that the nature cannot be described because it is ineffable, then one is not a person who has truly seen the nature. The phenomenal world exists. We see it, smell it, hear it, touch it, everything. When I'm outside at night and look up, I see the moon. Sote-san continued, only if the mind's shape and the nature's substance are perfectly clear before one's very eyes, so that one can see them without shifting one's gaze and clearly speak of it any time, only then can one be called a person who has clearly seen the Buddha nature. In conclusion, a Zen master said, as quoted in Thunderous Silence, we should not fear the arising of thoughts, just fear being slow to notice them. Kamsamina. <laughs>